This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We got a lot to get to. We got a lot to uh, catch up from last night. Another very intriguing night around the NHL. And you wonder if that game last night at the Prudential Center now moves the New Jersey Devils into doing something. We'll get to that in a couple of moments here with Elliot Friedman. How about the Toronto Maple Leafs knocking off the defending Stanley Cup champions and the way that they did it? Uh, welcome back to Morgan Riley from the Maple Leafs. 7-3 is the final, and Austin Matthews scores again. This is a recording, his 52nd goal of the season. We'll get to that with Elliot as well. Also, from the Vegas point of view, whether it's uh, the performance last night, whether it's Stone, whether it's uh, Eichel, uh, whether it's any other topic, maybe maybe uh, Riley Smith, perhaps, uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights, maybe a return there. Uh, we'll talk to Jesse Granger coming up bottom of the hour. Scott Lachlan stops by in hour two, a tour around the NHL with the host uh, of the morning skate on uh, NHL Network Radio on Sirius XM. Also, Sean Couturier, the uh, captain of the Philadelphia Flyers, will be by in hour two to uh, wrap up the program. In the meantime, wanted to play a little audio for you today. Uh, if you missed this, it was fantastic. It was in the uh, the St. Louis Blues game last night against the Islanders. And uh, in a pretty, you know, impressive win last night for the St. Louis Blues. They kind of had their way with the Islanders. 4-0 is the final score. Alexei Torepchenko thought that he had scored, but instead it was ruled to be a high stick. And with that, we get... A wonderful call from Garrett Rank. Here is the uh, referee last night. Garrett Rank doing the wah-wah to Alexei Torepchenko and, by extension, Blues fans in attendance last night. Have a listen. If he hits it with his stick above his head... They're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. Oh, that's some good uh, <laughs> description there from Garrett Rank. You're not going to like it. That's kind of how I feel this program should actually start. Can we just grab that clip from Garrett Rank and start every hour with, well, you're not going to like it. Welcome to the Merrick Show across the Sportsnet Radio Network. You know, one of the things that um, that I've wondered about, and I wonder if we ever get to this place with NHL officials and making calls is, you know, we see this in other sports, most notably football, where the official will stand there and explain the call that they just made. What we have right now is, you know, upon further review, the goal was overturned or was ruled offside or ruled there was goaltender interference. And instead of actually taking time to explain why that call was made, specifically goalie interference, which, as we all know, that's, you know, uh, different for uh, a lot of different people. Uh, I've always wondered if we're going to get to the place where officials, instead of just making the bare bones, this is the call, this is just the facts, ma'am they get a little bit more descriptive. Now, that's going to need officials that are more comfortable on the microphone to do that. Not everybody is. I understand it. But seeing Garrett Rank do that last night kind of filled me with uh, an air of optimism that maybe one day all officials will be that comfortable on the microphone that we might get descriptions for why they made the calls that they did. Uh, With that, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada is aboard. Hello, Friege. You know, first of all, I knew you were going to be talking about that. That was my five-star lock of the week that you were going to be talking about that. But, it's my lead. Know, it, it's my lead. It's, it's an interesting conversation because, um, you know, one of the things, Jeff, is that in the NBA and the NHL, and, and you being the historian you are, you know this about the NHL, the referees used yep. to be as big characters as the players, Right. Oh, and, look at Bill Chadwick. 
Look at yeah, like, well, like well, hang on, just as a quick pause. Bill, Bill, Bill Chadwick was the official that came up with the hand signals. And if you don't think that that was controversial or seen as flamboyant or him bringing attention onto himself at the time, you're wrong. Because these yes. guys were large, like Mickey Eye and Bill Shadow, who came up with the image with all the hand signals. This is Slash, this is Hook. I mean, there was very much the vibe at the time that he was making everything about himself and it should just be about the game, man. And now those hand signals are, you know, just sort of what you do when you, when you call a penalty. But you're right, like those personalities, you're so right. Those personalities were huge, Elliot. Yes, and so... Like and both the NBA, like the NBA had a referee. His name was Earl Strom. He wrote a book, and he was a similar guy, like a massive personality. But the NBA and the NHL, they wanted to stop that. And what did the NHL yep. do? They took the names, names off the the sweaters. As a matter of fact, someone told me a referee told me, and I believe this to be true, is that there was one referee after they took the names off the sweaters who the legend goes that he made his, he got a customized referee jersey done where his number was larger. So people would know his number and the NHL caught it ah. and made him change back to a smaller <laughs> number. And I believe this story oh, wow. to be true, knowing all the personalities involved. Anyway, um, yeah, for sure. but so like when I see what's going on right now and I'm with you, I love that Garrett rank thing last night. I thought it was hilarious. Great. Um, I, I love this stuff. Um, but the, the one thing I do wonder about is like, will there be any pushback? And my guess is not so much because, you know, now, for example, at the beginning of the year, we're having welcome to the NHL face-offs with Connor Bedard yes. in the last couple of years. They, it's great. So it says to me that they're, we're willing to bend, but you always wonder what is someone going to decide is too far. And I don't think uh, – did you guys win yet? Did you guys win yet? When's the final? <laughs> Friday at 4th This is walking with Elliot. This is what all, all of his walks are like, by the way. This is Elliot just walking through the neighborhood that he lives and maybe all the way back from the gym. Jeff, like the high, the high school I live yeah. nearby – they won their semifinal yesterday, and I want to go to the final. So I just so it's next Friday nice. at Ford Performance. Yeah. What time? I think it's some, yeah. Okay, I'll figure it out. I gotta go. I'm on. See, see you later, guys. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> okay. Sorry about yeah. that. Hey, Elliot. Uh, yeah, no problem. It's okay. That, a couple hockey real, kids, man. Is, happy about going really, to the semis. That that is really unprofessional. Actually, I, I really don't like that. I just did that. Um. But, um, buddy, relax. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine. But my the thing is, is that I hope that they continue to say that this is okay. But you always worry, Jeff. Like, where is the line? Like, where where is someone decide the line is going to be? Well, you see, it, it, that is interesting, and I was sort of anticipating this conversation going there. Like, at, at what point is it too much? But the the argument that I was trying to put forward at the beginning of the program was, you know, given the nature of, like right now, officials are communicators. They communicate to the players, they communicate to the coaches, and now they communicate to the fans as well. And there's plenty of times during a hockey game where the officials will make a call and fans will look at it and say, I'm not sure that I understand why that call was made. And the one call that we all kind of always debate and fight and scrap and, you know, uh, lose friendships over is goaltender interference. 
And I wonder if we're going to get to a place like we see in other sports where it's not just the, you know, black and white, you know, uh, upon video review, uh, there was interference with the goaltender, no goal, but they actually take a second and explain why. Like we know that there's, you know, you're not interviewing uh, referees after games about calls, but why not at that moment take the extra 30 seconds and explain why that call was made? Do you think we ever get there? Because we see it in other sports, Elliot. Yeah, you know, I, um, I, I think I, I think we're kind of moving in that direction. Like the one thing I'll say this is, I, like, as somebody who works and has to explain things at intermissions. Um, I uh, think the NHL is actually really good. Like after a call, I'll call the situation room and I'll say, explain it to me. And they're really good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I will say that. Like I, like, I, I may not always agree with the interpretation, but they're always excellent about, okay, this is what we saw and this is why we ruled as we did. So I can just say as... Yeah. As, as a broadcast, and, and like there have been times, especially in the playoffs when they're big games, where something will happen right before the intermission, and I'll wait for the call to be made, and I'll make the call, and they're like, okay, they're, and, and they, they walk me through it. They know I'm about to go on, and they're really good. But I, I agree that it doesn't help yeah. the fans in the building. I think anytime you can That's explain it, yeah, like, and this is yes. still a gate driven league. You have to take care of your of your bums and seats. So yeah. I support all that stuff. I do. Okay. Uh, off of the Garrett Rank page, although congratulations. That was fantastic. More of that Garrett Rank. I know that some people were sour about it on uh, on the internet last night, but, you know, boo-hoo. Um, yeah, but you know what? Everybody's always please... sour on the internet. That's just the way it is. <laughs> uh, Maple Leafs 7, Vegas Golden Knights 3, Austin Matthews scores again. This is a recording. What do you take away from last night's game? Uh, I know the defending Stanley Cup champions don't have Eichel. Uh, they don't have Mark Stone. I get it. They've been hobbled by injuries, etc. Theodore just coming back uh, not too long ago. But what do you make of that? The Morgan Riley suspension over. He's back in the mix. And the Maple Leafs are still winning hockey games, Elliot. Um, I look at it this way. Um, I, 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 first of all, all you can do is beat the teams on your schedule. Anytime you go in there and you pummel Vegas, like they did last night, that's a feather in your cap. Like, I don't care that Vegas is missing, uh, Mark Stone and Jack Eichel in the sense of like, those are obviously two key players and they're not the same team without them but they're still a really good team with a lot of good players and they play very smart hockey and to go in there and to do that to them, that's impressive. And, uh, cause you know what happens if you lose that game, people are all over you. It's like the same thing. Like people in their five game streak without Riley, you know, people are saying, Oh, they beat Arizona. They beat Anaheim. You know, like who did they beat? And, it doesn't. If you lose those games, people rip you for losing to those teams. So all you can do is go in and take care of your business against whoever you're playing. And they did that in a really impressive way last night. Right? You can't complain about it. They pounded them, and and it was for a lot of it. It was without their top guys scoring. So it was even more impressive. Um, you know, I I think it was funny when when Hill got chased out of the game. Jeff, uh, 
like some yeah. one of my buddies who's a big Team Canada hockey fan, he texted me like we're doomed in the World Cup and the Olympics. And I'm like, come on, like seriously. Um, <laughs> but you know that that's what he was joking with me at, at the time. But you know, like that's a big win. And you know, like I still look at Toronto's roster. And I think they've got holes. But, you know, the one thing that we can say about them right now is they are better than the sum of their parts. And that's not something that we've said about the Toronto Maple Leafs a lot in recent years. I think this is a team right now that is, is better than the sum of their parts. And they, the, the players and the coaching staff deserve a lot of credit for that. You know, like one of the things that, you know, has been talked about, and I believe O'Reilly said it when he left last year is, it's the core four and everybody else. Like, other people have to start getting an identity. Well, like Jake McCabe is grabbing an identity. Uh, Bobby McMahon is grabbing an identity. Um, you know, like, like there are other players, like Timothy Lilligren, I think, in the last week or two, one man's injury or suspension is another man's opportunity. Lilligren ran with the opportunity. And, like, that's, that's how you gain confidence in yourself and the organization gains confidence in you. And I do think that's one of the things that stood out about the Maple Leafs this year is that more players have shown that they are ready to contribute and be part than maybe we've seen in the past. Like, like the big one for me right now is Robertson. Um, like, if he, like, you know, he's an unbelievable shooter. Like, this, this line that he's on right now, it's really interesting. They seem to have breathed a little bit of life into the group. Like, if that continues, that's a huge win for them. Now, what it also does is, like, you know, and you've heard me say it a million times, I'm not convinced the organization looks at the, at the, at, at the holes they've got and say, this is our year. But when you're playing the way you are now, you kind of force yourself into that position. Like, you know, the players decide – what you are by how you play. And right now this group is going to make them say, we have to consider some things that maybe we didn't consider before. Right. Um, you know what I, what I do wonder about too, like I've always felt that winning or losing streaks around deadline are just awful for general managers because you don't want to just base all of your decision on what's happened the last five games, but I get it. It's tough not to. You know, you see the team slumping into deadline. You say, okay, maybe it's powder dry time. And you see a team rip off like six or seven wins in a row. And you say, hang on a second here. We've turned the corner. Maybe we should add. Does this complicate Brad Living's world? Um, I, th- like, I think it goes back to what I just talked about. I, I, think that, um, I-, I think that at times they've wondered, especially their goaltending, is this really their year? But play, like I said, like, What's Bill Parcells' old line? You are what your record says you are. And right now, their mm-hmm. record has been pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think that the one thing I absolutely believe, and I think I've said this a million times this year, they would love to get their hands on a right-hand shooting defenseman, and, and particularly one mm-hmm. who's got some term. Like, that is the one thing I think they really, really want to do. And regardless of their record if there was a right-hand defender that they really liked, and there's Tanev, like Tanev is uh, a big, uh, is definitely one, but they don't want to trade a first for a rental. Um, 
You know, but I do think if they could find a right-hand shot with term, um, that's the move I think they'd make regardless of what their record is. Okay, uh, we'll leave that there for now. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, um, you know, after they lost three in a row, we kind of said, well, welcome to the rest of the league. Everybody's lost three in a row. Join the club. Don't feel special. Yep. Um, Seattle Kraken five, the Vancouver Canucks two. Big night for Jared McCann with a goal and three assists. Jordan Eberle uh, with two goals and one assist. Philip Grubauer with 19 saves. Uh, I'm not panicked about the Vancouver Canucks. Are you panicked about the Vancouver Canucks? No. I Like everybody, like... And nobody goes through life unscathed, right, Jeff? Like, it's only, you know, how many yeah. teams go through a year where they don't lose three games in a row? Um, uh, I, I think they, uh, I, I think they, uh, look, I, I look at them, and I think they're going to be okay. I, everybody's going to have a slump. Um, you know, they've got to get Mikheyev going. That's one thing. Pedersen's got to get going a bit. Um, uh, I, I really, I really don't worry about them too much. Uh, I just think everybody's due now, if we're in another week, two weeks, and this is still going on, then yes, I start worrying about them, but I really try not to overreact to short slumps, particularly when you haven't had one all year. The New Jersey Devils have a day off today. It's a CBA day off. Um, and after what happened last night against the New York Rangers at the Prudential Center, I'm guessing there's some soul searching or maybe some goaltending searching or some blue line searching going on with the New Jersey Devils. That was like that was a statement performance by the New York Rangers. Uh, in any way you measure the game of hockey, whether it's goals, whether it's toughness, whether it's dominance, whether it's goaltending, all of it's, the Rangers own that game, and they even brought fans to witness the entire thing and stick around to the yeah. bitter end and show everybody just how many blue jerseys were at the Rock. Uh, what's New Jersey doing today? What are the Devils well, doing it, today? It, you know, like they have like this is a massive weekend for them. They've got the Canadians tomorrow afternoon. Yes. They've got the Lightning, and that Lightning are the team they're chasing. Like that's that's a game you're looking at, and you say we've got to get this one in regulation. That one's on Sunday. It's a yeah. huge, huge game. And uh, so when I look at that, I say, okay, this, like, as I said to you in the pod, I'm like a John Madden person. John Madden always hated a must-win game talk because he says, if you lose that mm-hmm. game, does that mean you just give up on your season? So I, so I don't like the phrase must-win, but I think we all recognize what's at stake here. Um I think this. I think if you're the Devils, look, they made a decision last year. They weren't going to pay Severson what he got in Columbus. They weren't going to pay Graves what he got in Pittsburgh. And you're entitled to make the business decisions you feel are right. But what it does do is it puts holes in your lineup. And I think a lot of the focus has been on goaltending, and it's fair. But I think, too, that Columbus, especially especially with Hamilton out of the lineup, their defense is thin. Yep. And so you've got a real tr- problem. You, you cannot defend as well as you need to. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I just think that, uh, but I, I, look, I don't think they should be going after rental goalies, but the Markstroms and the Saroses of the world, they should be going, they should be really, and we know they tried hard um, with Markstrom. And I want to say one thing about Calgary. 
I don't believe the issue is Calgary not wanting to retain money. Um, I don't think that's the problem here. I think the issue is hmm. the price of retention. And like that's that's like it's an interesting one to me. Like basically there's a chart. Like if we're retaining this much, this is what it's worth. And yes, you try to negotiate a better deal for yourself. Um, and you, you sit there and you say, well, maybe the chart says third rounder, but maybe we can try to get a second rounder. Like this is different. Like a lot of time that chart is about like just a player that's coming up at the end of the year and you only have to eat a little bit of money. Like this one with Markstrom, it's going to be a few years. So I don't think Calgary, yep. I think Calgary's asking for a higher price. And I think that's where the challenge is. Not that Calgary's unwilling to retain, but the two sides disagree on what the price is for that retention. The problem right now, if you're the Devils, is sometimes you have the hammer and sometimes you don't. The Devils for a long time kind of had the hammer. They can say, ah, we don't believe we want to pay a ton for goaltending. Um, we don't necessarily think with a lot of like the Devils, I think, are pretty smart with the way that they use analytics. I think they are good at it and good at it. And a lot of the very analytically inclined thinking teams, they they don't believe you should pay a lot for goaltending. And my line is you don't think you should pay a lot for it until you absolutely need it. Well the devils are in that space exactly. right now. Like they're in You know so what? It, it's kinda of, it, it, Go ahead, Bud. Go ahead, finish. I'm going to say, that, say it's kind of like toughness. It's, it's, it's kind of like, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We got a little delay. Go. Okay. No worries. So uh, like sometimes you have the hammer and sometimes you don't. The devil's had the hammer for a bit here. Well, now, unfortunately they've kind of lost it um, because of where their goaltending has gone. It's uh it's like toughness, you know, uh, you don't want to pay for it until you need it. And you look at how the devil's got, handled last night physically. Oh, one thing I do want to mention, too. Uh, I'm curious how you feel about this one because I think this is very deliberate and it's great distraction by the head coach. Did you see Lindy Ruff saying the media is putting excess pressure on the devil's power play? Like, I look at that not as Lindy Ruff going out there and making that statement saying this is the problem. This is Lindy Ruff saying, look over here. Don't look at our blue line and our goaltending. Let's look over here and talk about too much pressure on the power play. I look at that as a veteran move by a veteran coach. Do you agree? Uh, I see what you're saying. I didn't put a lot of stock in it. You're probably right, Jeff, to be honest. I, I don't put a lot of stock in it because I just roll my eyes when I hear things like that. Um, because it's like it's like a time old, it's like a time honored tradition. Um, you know, when you need some, when you need a boogeyman, sometimes go after the media or the reporters. So I, I just roll my eyes at it and tend to ignore it. The one mm-hmm. crazy thing about that is, though, is that, look, if you're in Vancouver, you can use that excuse. If you're in Toronto, you can use that excuse. And I don't, and, and in no way am I trying to um, take any shots at the great people who cover hockey in New Jersey. There's a lot of really good coverage that comes out of there. Um, but you're not like the pressure on the New Jersey Devils when it comes to reporters is not comparable to a lot of other places in the NHL. Like to me, it's like, I know what he's doing, but it's like, to me, it's silly. To me, he's distracting. 
This is look yeah. over here. Don't look over You're there. Right. Look over here. Look over here. Like this is it's magic. tried and true technique. It's magic. <laughs> I'm going to make my this hand. other problem, which is a real problem, go away. Look yeah. at my one hand while <laughs> I'm doing something else with my other hand. Magic. Uh, you know, we... We we we've had a lot of um we've had a lot a lot of really good games this this week and a yeah. lot of interesting games and a lot of storyline games um, from all the hockey that you've seen this week and this again there's been some great hockey where do you put Florida Carolina that was an awesome one nothing game yeah it was uh, you know like I, I think Carolina um, they probably don't get enough credit for how they've managed some of their craziness this year, especially all the craziness in goal. Um, I think they've done a really nice job um, of handling a lot of things that could be distracting or could have hurt them. Uh, like, and, and I think they, you know, they play really hard hockey. They're a hard team to play against. Um, I thought that was a real great game last night, real tough game. There were no, there was no room uh, for wussies in that game last night. There's no question about that. Svechnikov oh, with a clean game. hit that knocked Kachuk out of the game. I wasn't surprised by Florida at the end. That's that's their DNA. That's who they are. Um, and I like and Carolina stood up to them. They just said, you know what? Like we're not. If you think you're going to push us around, that's not happening. I thought it was a great game. Like we talked a lot about the pod about how you know the Rangers kind of have to go for it because. Shesterkin hasn't been himself for a lot of the year, but they're in first place. Like, Carolina's had even weirder goaltending stuff, and they're really good. Like, they – that's another yeah. team. Like, you know, the one thing about Carolina is I know they feel at the margins. Like, they're very happy with what they've got. Like, if you look at the Rangers, um, they've got some situations where because of injury – they really want to add. Like, Carolina doesn't have mm-hmm. that, those kinds of injury problems. They have guys in depth roles there, like Nason and Chatfield, who become really important parts of their team. So, yes. I don't know if they, like, I think you should always try to upgrade if you can, but I don't know if they feel the need to upgrade around the margin. So, I'm I'm curious about what they're going to do. But, like, again, like, Everything the way they've played this year, considering what's happened in that, like that's a good hockey team. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, you know, here's the, the, the there's a few teams that we all look at and say this is like grabbing a handful of water. Like good luck, who are they? And the one team that I keep coming back to lately. And they won last night, and we started off this conversation by talking about Garrett Rank and the uh, Alexei Torapchenko no goal. Um, yeah, who are the St. Louis Blues? I can't figure them oh, out. That- Can you? No, that's a great question because, you know, we saw them twice uh, against Toronto and they were terrible. Like, they, they, were, they were really terrible in those two games against Toronto. Um, but, you know, last night, they, it's good to see old Patrick Watt back. 11 minutes left, let's pull the goalie. I miss those days. <laughs> pull the goalie. Yeah. Um, Fun. You know, I, I, like, to me, that just says that that's a team that's still growing like they're inconsistent right but you know the, the one thing there is that like st louis they're not a team that's interested in a total rebuild or a teardown so i always let that govern the way i think 
Um, you know, I, I, as I said to you yesterday, I think Doug Armstrong, he says, you can talk to me about anybody, but these are the prices, and they're high prices. So, yeah, you know, like, uh, I, I kind of wonder, like, so I just wonder, like, I think there are guys he's willing to move. He's had a lot of guys out there, but there's a difference between who he's willing to move and who he's not as interested in moving. And as you can imagine, the guys that other teams want, he's not as interested in yeah. moving. Do you, have a, do you have a spidey sense on Pavel Bushnevich? I think it's a big price. That's what I think. That's my a big price, sense. like a big, like a, like a, like a, like a Jake Gensel price, like uh, oh, seventy-two first rounders or the equivalent he, of. He's he not term. a rental. He's he not term. a rental. Well, unless you're signing Gensel, and I think we're all curious to see if teams are going to be allowed to talk to him. That's different, but you know, Bucinavich yeah. is not a rental. Okay, we'll uh, we'll see where all this goes. Um, Hockey in Canada, look forward to it as always. Free games uh, tomorrow. A number of intriguing games, including well, Battle of Alberta and Toronto and Colorado. And yeah, this one's this one's looking like it's going to be another dandy Saturday night. The action gets underway at six thirty Eastern with Hockey Central and your host Ron McLean. Second intermission Saturday headlines with Elliot Friedman. Thanks as always, pal. We'll uh, we'll talk to you on the weekend. All right, my man. Have a great weekend. Next time, I'll try not to. You know, figure out high school hockey schedules while we're talking. No, we just got a text from a mutual friend of ours saying, once again, Elliot, proving he is the man of the people. You know that opening sequence? I'm going to really date myself here, but you're going to know where I'm going here. When I heard you talking to those kids, first of all, that's charming, and I love it, and it's very on-brand for you and this program and me by extension because I love having conversations about kids' hockey teams. It's awesome. All I can think about when I hear you walking through is Al Waxman and the King of Kensington as he walks through. I was wondering if you were going to go there. I really was. (laughs) This is like Elliot Friedman, the new King of Kensington, the man of the people, stopped by everyone. Every uh, everyone he meets, uh, they call him King. Uh, So you are the the true man of the people, the King of this program, with your daily walk while you talk to me and everyone listening. Thanks, buddy. Well, I got I, I got to tell you, they, invi- they invited me to their semifinal yesterday, and I had to blow it off. I blamed it yeah. on you because we had to tape the pod. <laughs> it was at the same time. So I got to... Good. That's what, that's, what, uh, that's what I'm here for, to be used as an excuse for you to get out of things. Well done, Elliot. <laughs> there you go. I have some useful purpose for you. Well done. All right, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts in Hockey Night in Canada.